Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Reading the Bible can be difficult. Not to mention understanding it. Having a disability, whether blindness or another, can be difficult too. Sometimes a person wonders if God is even there. Yeah, but in room 4216... God shows us his path and we find... We are not alone. Hello, everyone. It's Cecilia. And yet again, I am waiting for Pastor Dave. I'm waiting not so patiently because he mentioned... Hello, everyone. It's Pastor... Cecilia, you're here already? Yes, I'm here already. And I've... Once again, I feel like I've been waiting for a week. What did oh. I do this time? Well, you mentioned a word that, that got my attention last week at the end of the show. Oh? The word him. Her? No. As in H-Y-M-N, you said we were going to read one of the oldest hymns in history. Ah. And, and you know how much I love music. So, okay. So where yeah. is this hymn? Okay, okay. Do you got Philippians there? Yes, Chapter 2. Chapter 2. And I'd like you to start reading at verse 5 through 11. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's a hymn because it's describing the, the life of Jesus coming down from heaven, incarnate, human, living like us, dying like us, being in the grave like us, being in human form. But... Being God, he was raised from the dead and rose victorious and is honored above everything. And so this is the church's early hymn of Jesus. Hmm. I don't know. Now, if you want to talk hymns, this is a hymn. In Christ Sin 
that song. And with that song, we have a treat at the end of this show, if you've ever heard it. There's something some of you may have never heard before. It's really kind of cool that relates to those with a disability. But that's later. That is a wonderful hymn, and it really is one of music that catches and captures who and what Jesus is and what he did for us. I don't want to minimize that, but let's not minimize what Paul wrote here either. In fact, I'd like to go through it again, if we could, please. Sure. Because there are several key things with the words that are spoken here that are bedrock to Christian belief, Christian doctrine, and understanding. And it really kind of separates the men from the boys, as they say, uh, the sheep from the goats. And it's found here. And we'll touch on that as we go on in this episode. All right, let's start with verse 5 again. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Attitude, uh, sometimes it's translated your mind, your thought process, your, your not personality, but the, the way you live your life. And, and, and it even referred to some of that in the first four verses. Who, being in very nature God... I'll stop you right there. Mm -hmm. Being in the very nature of God. Jesus is God. God Almighty. Even as it says uh, in in John chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with With God, God. and the Word was God. Jesus, the Word, is God. The very nature. We're going to have that word again in a moment. Did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Yeah, I love the way you said that, grasp. And that's really what it's trying to get. Grasp, hold on to, cling, desperately never let go. Not Jesus. Even though he's God, equal with the Father in all aspects, he didn't cling and grasp and have to hold on to that. But he was humble. And as we go on, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. But made himself nothing, taking the very nature... Of a servant, being made in human likeness. Now, there's three things there, and they really are repetitive. Uh, made nothing. Now, it isn't that uh, human is nothing, but it's trying to put it at extreme opposite polars. From God Almighty at the top of the universe, down to the very littlest human. Part of creation. That's why it says nothing. And what was the second one there then? In the uh, taking on uh, the very nature of a servant, very nature of a servant, and here is that word nature. And when it says nature of a servant, it's meaning the nature of a human being. Just as he had nature of God, true God, he's also true man. And by this here, we see really the full definition. One oh one of humanity is servanthood. Being made in human likeness. Some people would say, well, he's like a human. But no, the word made, that's the word form, create. Yeah, even as God in, in Genesis 2, it says, and, and he took the clay and formed it and shaped it. That's this word, made, form and shape. Uh, Genesis 2, it says, and breathed into him the breath of life. Here it's 
uh, in the likeness of man. So uh, Jesus is true God and true man. Not just appearing, not just like it, but he is because he was made man. And being found in appearance as a man... Here again, we have the interesting word appearance. And some would say, well, he just is appearing like a man. We do need to remember, he is true God. But what happens if you were in front of true God Almighty? Well, we learned from the Old Testament that if we truly faced God right there, we would die. Die, right. And that's why he became also true man. And, and so he could be among us. And the appearance was as a man. Because he was a man. The appearance couldn't be that of God. In fact, we're going to learn about the nature of God here and how he emptied himself of the very nature of God. Not that he stopped being God, but he stopped using his godly powers so he would be human. And that's what this found in appearance of man is all about. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's the heart and center of all Christianity. The true God, the true man, and we'll talk about why it's true God, true man, is both natures died on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Okay, here we have God, meaning the Father, exalted him. Jesus had set aside the, the use of his, his, his godly power and all the privileges and rights. Well, now the Father is giving it back to him. Not that he had, had lost it, but he chose not to use it. He relinquished it. And there's even more given to him. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every knee, every person, every entity. In heaven, that's the angels. On earth, that's all who are living. Under the earth, that's those who have lived going all the way back. Every single person, whether they were a believer or not. All will bend the knee. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, Cecilia, yes. where do you live? Now, what does that... Do you live in a box? Uh... No, I I live here on planet Earth. I live in St. Louis. I live in a house. In a house. Okay, okay. And um, so you're not in an apartment, but a house. Yes, but... but now, does this house, is it made of brick or of wood? It's made of brick. Okay. But, but I'm still not sure what this has to do with, like... All right, if not with Philippians, then what does this have to do with How Jesus? How many bedrooms are in the house? Uh, two. Okay. What would, uh, to, to be defined a house, what do you think it would have to have? A bedroom, a, a kitchen, a, a living room? 
Is that enough to make it a house? Uh, would it, a house have to have something to do with maybe what we're supposed to be talking about? Oh, it will. It will. <laughs> All right. I guess it would have to be somewhere where someone lived. Okay. Um, I've heard of houses that only had one room. Okay. Um, I'm picturing like one of those sod houses from oh, the yeah. 1800s or, or a log cabin. Or a log cabin, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Now that's interesting because we've mentioned sod, we've mentioned logs, and earlier you said you're in a brick house. Okay, a house, that is the attributes of, of your living uh, uh, dwelling, of your dwelling. It, the attribute is it is a place where you live, and it's a different thing than an apartment, because an apartment would be a place where many people would dwell in different little segments, right? Uh, yeah. But as far as the, uh, whether it's brick or sod or logs, that's a characteristic of each individual house, right? Yes, it is. And, and, and some houses will have two bedrooms or three bedrooms or a small kitchen or a big kitchen. Again, those are characteristics, but the attributes describe the overarching basic things that make it what it is. Um. So the attributes and characteristics of a human being. What are the what is the attributes of a human being? Well, a human being has to be alive. Okay. And they have to be uh, in a body. Uh, okay, a body. Certain kind of a body. Uh, and they have to have a, a soul. Okay, a body and a soul. What are some characteristics of a human being? If I understand this right. Uh, characteristics: male, female. Yeah. Uh, brown eyes, blue eyes. Yeah. Short, tall. Exactly. Dark-haired, blonde-haired. Now we move to Jesus. See, this is the whole difficulty, and it'll be—it's going to become real clear when we look at the person of Jesus. Who is this guy? And this is what Philippians tries to talk about in chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. He has the nature of God, and he has the nature of man. Now, that's different than us. We just have a human nature, uh, the human soul and a human body. Mm-hmm. He has the divine as well. And so, trying to understand then this becomes a dilemma. Pastor Dave, what do you have there? Well, I got a couple things. First, I got a couple boards. You know, I, I love doing woodwork, yes. don't you? Yeah. Well, and these boards are, are really only about an a inch and a half by three quarter by a foot long. Two of them like that. Okay. And I could glue them together, and if I glued it together, it would look like one board then, right? Yes, it would. Especially if I get a perfect joint. Mm-hmm. There's the actual machines that can actually join things like this to make it perfectly aligned and then make it super hard. Well, 
When we talk about the nature of Jesus, the very person of him, we mentioned, as it's said in Philippians, he is true God and true man. Well, it's not two boards glued together. He doesn't have the very nature of God in himself and human in himself just stuck together as though, um, well, now it's time to be a human, so the human side will act, and now, oh, now it's time to be God, and so oh, the, the, the God side will act. He's both human and divine. Okay. Now, I also have a box here with okay, yes. cords. Lots and lots of computer cords. Every time I get rid of a computer, I... I um, or, You're a pack rat. Yeah, I Just, am. And these cords are all a tangle and mess. I hope you don't need or want any of them. It would take... Who knows how long to get this spaghetti box taken care of? I think a lot of us have been there and done that yeah. one. Well, this is not the nature of Jesus. That everything's tangled together with the divine and the human, that he became something totally different. It's not? Nope. He has a separate nature of God and the separate nature of human. If it's spun together so much, it could become something else, then he's not God or he's not human. But what is he then, a, a demigod or a, a semi-human? That wouldn't work then because... To be the perfect sacrifice for our sins, he had to be true man and be without sin. That's why he has the human nature. But he also is divine. And that divine nature is from which he gained strength so he could resist temptations, but also then raise himself up from the dead. It's an amazing thing, these two natures, and how they, it's one person, two natures, and the divine nature shares its attributes, I'm sorry, its, 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 its characteristics with the human, such as, and that's why Jesus could turn water into wine and, and rocks into, no, he didn't turn rocks into bread, he was no, tempted he didn't. to, but he turned many lo one loaf into many loaves, he, he showed godly power. But the human nature didn't share all its characteristics with the divine nature. It's rather complicated, but the whole point is so that we know for sure it was a man who died, a man without sin, but that he was God and could overcome sin, death, and the devil. So that now when we pray to him, he understands our hurts, our pains, our sorrows, our difficulties. All this is a backdrop as we now come back to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11 this hymn that speaks about Jesus. One would think that such an important person in the history of the world would have been born a prince into the highest level of society. But no, he was born poor. He was born the poorest of the poor. 
Jesus grew up, became a carpenter, as his father, his earthly father was before him. And then, during his three-year ministry, much like many of us do today, he lived on the charity of others. He traveled from place to place. He had no home. This man lived in humility. He wasn't all that popular, according to some. He wasn't welcomed by the Pharisees and the scribes and the highest people in Jewish society. He was welcomed by the tax collectors and the, and the sinners of the world. And the lowest point of that humility was when he not only allowed himself, but he chose to be arrested, beaten, lied about, taken from place to place, and finally taken to the cross where he was killed all for love of us. He was bleeding from a beating There were stripes upon his back And he wore a crown of thorns upon his head And he bore And because he was so humble, though he was God Almighty, the Father exalted him because of his great love that he's shown for you and me. In many ways, you could say that started the exaltation, him being lifted up when he was taken down on the cross. Jesus died there, but when he rose from the dead, he first went to hell to show everyone there that he was alive. Then he showed himself to humanity. God has exalted him above every name. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. There in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day.
like that song. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we heard the uh, uh, the one verse mm-hmm. right after that, you said you had a surprise. Yep. So I want to know what's the surprise? Tell me, tell me, tell me. It was a good, well, I think, ten years ago because I like this song too. Mm-hmm. That um, a special verse was written and recorded by a St. Louis singer that directly connects this song to people who are blind. Though one be blind, the world not see, this does not change God's view of you. When bodies broke, the world discards, yet not all is lost for you. When Jesus first cry to final breath Jesus commands my destiny is a production of Not Alone Ministries. If you want to write to us, please do so at info at not-alone.net. Credits. Terry Nord and Robert Vaughn, interlude musicians. In Christ Alone, verses 2 and 3, by Keith and Kristen Getty. Via Dolorosa, by Sandy Patty. And In Christ Alone, verse 4, as written for Lutheran Blind Mission Society. And verse 5.